A Marvel MMO? Return to Returnal? Well, hello there, and welcome to Triangle Square, the PlayStation podcast. I'm your host, Brett, back and alongside me, as always, is... Mr. Sawbridges, bringing y'all lucky episode 239. And alongside me is Mr. Do you need a mister? Oh, no. Why is he muted? <laughs> my, uh, my, uh, he, he's my, muted because he was muted. <laughs> my boiler was going off, so I'm like, yeah, I'll just let it go through the intro. But hi, I'm Chris Figs. I'm here. I spoke into the ether. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just it. hope someone's watching it. I'm going to leave that in the video version specifically. Just <laughs> What? <laughs> What's he doing? Is he he's talking? Nothing's coming out of his mouth. Chris. Yes, I. I hope that you had a good Thanksgiving. I did. I was yours. It was fine. That's all. <laughs> it was it was here. It, it was it, it was, was good. good. It was different. <laughs> this is yeah. a, the first time I've had a weird Thanksgiving. <clears throat> it's gotcha. untraditional for me, but it was fun. Um, bunch of food. Um what do they do like Thanksgiving takes over so much. It's one of those things where you live in an area, so you're like, yeah, these holidays exist, but sometimes you really don't think about the fact like the majority of the world doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving, or at least not ours. So is Thanksgiving as an idea, like maybe not necessarily the origin of ours, but the idea of a day where you give thanks, is that pretty much like, is there a version of that in every culture? I don't know. I don't know either. But it feels weird because, you know, we get all these things and it's like, oh, this is a holiday update. Here you go. And it's like, oh, okay. Because now I think about it, I don't really know that there's a th- yeah. RuneScape normally has holiday things that you can do to get like events and stuff to get different items. And I don't think they've ever had a Thanksgiving one. So Animal Crossing <laughs> has one, but my world is my world is too new to have it. Too Oof. new? Yeah, like you have to get all like the city hall set, stuff set up, and you have to go through steps to have that happen. And I haven't done that yet. Strange. Yes. Did you delete your previous? Record? I absolutely did. I hadn't played it in almost a year. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to come be, back to that. There are going to be weeds everywhere. Villagers going to be dead. Dude, that, that would be interesting. A game where it's basically Tamagotchi, but they literally, it's like if you don't talk to your villagers and stuff, they just like die from lack oh. of social interaction. That would be stuff. pretty cool, actually. You, you log back in and they kill themselves. Like you walk into <laughs> a villager's house and they're hanging. Actually, that sound like Rome World. That would be kind of like that. Yeah, that would be super interesting type of game. It's like you didn't speak. They leave a note. You didn't speak to me for one year. (laughs) (laughs) I was abandoned by my father. But no, uh, that that would certainly be interesting. But you know that Kotaku would complain about it immediately. My God. Yeah, that's true. And then it would just something in the review would be about how they couldn't afford the game, so they shouldn't be able to enjoy it. (laughs) Something like that. Exactly. Um, Anyway, uh, yeah, that that would just be. I don't know. I would sometimes like you see these premises for games, and I'm like, what if you just swung that really dark and did the same thing? Which I guess mm-hmm. is technically what a game that I won't spoil sort of is uh, that I played recently. Chris, you should know oh, which game you, I'm you, talking you, about. You, you, yeah, you, you, and I know I know Saul does as well, even though he played it many moons ago. I don't know what we're talking about. <clears throat> um, the game that you saw me playing just now. No, about like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Books. Books. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Put it in Discord. I don't I don't get it. I might get it. I can't read that from here. Oh yeah. <laughs> I can't read that from here. Oh. Well, I thought you were talking about Guardians or something. And I'm like, I haven't played that game yet. <laughs> <laughs> Although if Guardians <laughs> swung super it. dark, I would play that game too. <laughs> 
I would as well. And actually, in some ways, Guardians does swing a little dark. It's just that, of course, it does the normal hero thing at the end. Yeah. But it's I, I there's just, a version of Guardians where I'm like, mm, you could really let this go pretty, pretty rough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Chris, in the time on a tradition of keeping with uh, starting the show off with an update of what we've been playing, <clears throat> let's get a, a quick pulse check on that. What have you been playing this week? Um. <clears throat> I think the I've been playing some GTA three. That's been good. Still sticking with Chivalry, um, and then Death Store. So GTA yeah, three. I, I saw you mention. Does the game seem to be running and looking better after that hot patch? Yeah, it, I can say for sure that the rain looks better. <laughs> um, the rain started, doesn't obscure the entire screen no, anymore. Yeah, it started raining. You think it just turned the opacity. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's just make that. A little more see-through. <laughs> yeah, right. That's pretty much what they did. But it looks good. I, I always, I never really had too many problems with the game. So, just the rain being fixed, I was like, nice. This looks good. <laughs> yeah, uh, Josh Ayers, uh, he platinumed it. So, yeah. I mean, I, I assume it can't be that bad if you can go through the platinum. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, or, I don't know. To be fair, I've seen. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> good point. Uh, all right, so Death Door. And yes. I think you'd already played that, right? Uh, so you I played, just I played a little bit of it in on Xbox, but I'm further than I was at that point. Okay. All right. Still very great. good game. Yep. Yep. No more inscription? I, um I know I'm s I, I still have inscription. I haven't played it in a while since I got to act two because it's a little it I don't want to spoil too much of it, but it like changes the game entirely. To like a yeah. completely different type of game, and it's kind of confusing. <laughs> confusing, very cool. okay. It was just <laughs> okay. I spent because it, it's like Slay the Spire, so I spent like twenty hours trying to beat the bosses, and then it and so I got used to that gameplay, and then it switches up completely to something else. So now so it almost like, oh, be like if you played this. Hades, you went all the way through, you defeated Hades, and then <gasps> it's an entirely different game now. <laughs> yeah, like, if, if like Hades became Earthbound. <laughs> Okay, interesting. That's basically, yeah. Interesting to hear. That sounds Just like go play um, What's that one game I called? I probably will. Uh, it was an indie hit like four years ago. Why can't I think of what it's called? Undertale. It's like a side Undertale. Yeah. Oh, Undertale. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you were one hundred percent correct on that. Actually, because Undertale yeah. is like that, where it's it's misleading in what it is. Yes. Yes. This is close. I, I would say this is closer to the messenger if you played that than it is to have not. Undertale. But yes, I, I see what you're saying. The messenger is that like you're a ninja? Yeah, <laughs> that's the game. That game is actually hilarious because there's there's one scene right at the beginning when they're introducing everyone and they go, "The white guy hasn't gotten here yet, so you have to go save the world." <laughs> it makes me it made me laugh. That's funny. Um, so I know that you. I noticed that you left out Halo, and I know you've played oh, a bunch of Halo. I have played a bunch of Halo. Yeah, this is a PlayStation, so I didn't want anyone to get mad at me. I mean, I feel, but here's the <laughs> thing: I'm going to go ahead and, and take the limelight for a second. I've not turned my PS5 on besides on accident using my like turning my TV on and automatically turning mm-hmm. my PlayStation on, 
and uh, going on about two weeks. Between work being crazy and me not really having anything that's pulling my interest and being tired and just wanting to pl- hop in and play something that I can drop at any moment and not really care about. Like, I don't want to get invested in a story and be like, I'm tired. I want to go take a two-hour nap. Yeah. So I've just been playing online stuff. Plus, end of season for Sea of Thieves came, uh, and it's, it's almost done. So I've been playing Sea of Thieves and Halo only. <clears throat> until today I, I bought cyberpunk on pc and gave it a little bit of a try didn't get very far at all just wanted to see how it kind of looked and ran mm-hmm. but um i got level 100 in sea of thieves uh so i got the really cool uh jacko looter outfit and it has an emote where i can spin my pumpkin hand around super cool oh. uh, <laughs> uh so yeah i finally I've, I've played a battle pass done right and yeah. a little bit later, we're going to talk about a battle pass done <laughs> terribly. Catastrophically um, wrong. <laughs> but yeah, between that and, and Halo uh, and trying to do its battle pass stuff, uh, too, it's been a good time. Um, the Fiesta event in Halo is really fun. I think the biggest downside is that I really like the Fiesta mode. And after today, or is it today or tomorrow? One of those two, it, it's gone. So unfortunately, it won't, you know, I, I'm curious to see how much more of Halo's old things like gun game and whatnot come back as just mm-hmm. events yeah. that you can't choose to play at any time that you want versus, you know, I, yeah. I'm not sure. I understand the logic of having everything in one, in one queue because it's like, Oh, we'll keep the player base, not split. But yeah, I, I don't want to play any more oddball. My guy, like <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> See, I, I don't like mind oddball. oddball. But I, I I know that you've mentioned that you don't really care for oddball, <laughs> or at least you, don't you're tired for of it. it. I've played like obviously this is an exaggeration, but I think I've played a total of like six Slayer matches in about fifty oddball games, and I'm like, I don't want to yeah, play you're this not anymore. Exaggerating. <laughs> that's that's not too far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is why I do like that it's easy to be like, okay, instead of quick play, let's run down to big team battle, and you have a better idea of the style of the tile type of game you're going to be playing. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, only thing about that is like, like, you know, their version of Gambit. I can't remember what it's called, but that has the power cells in it. Um, that, yeah, it's a fun game mode too. Yeah, it is a fun game mode. But the problem I have with it is that it seems to be that most people, and this is a problem on all online games to some degree, but people are not playing to the objective. And I get no. so, so incredibly stressed when I'm playing that game mode and I'm like juggling two of them trying to get them back and other people just running around, running directly beside power cells. Yeah. So just so they can go get kills and like not even with people close and just running completely by them. Like you don't even care about what the game mode is. Thankfully, mm-hmm. that's one of the things that they've responded to is that. The reasoning for that is that not only can you not pick to play Team Slayer, so if you can't pick to play that, people are just playing that on their own in oddball. True. Um, but it's also the challenges. So like some of the challenges require you to get like five like assassinations in a game or over the course of games. You can't do that while you're trying to play the objective on Power Seed. So you're just going to run around trying to kill people from behind. Yeah. So like they've addressed, they said that they're working on that for full release. So I guess at that point we have ten days to see or eleven days. Is it the something like that? Yeah, that it comes out. But <laughs> you know we have X amount of days to figure out what, how exactly this is going to work. Yeah, because the biggest problem I found is that, and I've done it myself, and that's why I know <clears throat> I try to play objective as much as possible. But when you're really just trying to move through these challenges, they often push you to play the game in a way that's actually going to be to the detriment of your team and yep. your KD, that's- just so you can complete a dumb challenge. And I just don't think that's the way to push an online game but uh, we'll talk about that in a little while while we kind of have a bigger topic at hand in regards to everything but um mm-hmm. Saul, what you been playing speaking of challenges 
I played Halo Infinite and I did something pretty cool. I think I did the, I got the exclusive shader for the week by completing the every ultimate. single mm-hmm. weekly challenge. Um, cool looking shader, at least from what I saw. Willow T. It is pretty cool. The, uh, like on the little black part of the Spartan, it's like a little flower, like floral design. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, but other than <laughs> playing Halo that day, I have not played other than like late at night because I have totally screwed my sleep schedule up. But last night, Saturday night, I took a break from all like trying to stay up late. I went to bed last night at 10. Um, and then I want to say Black Friday night. Yeah, I went to bed at like 830 because I was tired that day, too. I was just I, seeing like family and stuff like that. It just kind of emotionally like drains me. I just want to go home and go to sleep like I'm introverted. Um, so having to do that, like, you know, over the course of this week has drained me. So I haven't really played much this week. I do intend though, um, I, I have played animal crossing pretty much every day. And like, cause you can play that for like 30 minutes at a time and get what you need done. Um, I played Pokemon shining diamond for the re- the remaining time of the day. So like if I'm sitting there watching a movie on the couch, I'll play that for like two hours or so. Um, and I'm fairly far in that. I'm on my way to get my fourth gym badge and that is that is not the game that has come out. <laughs> um, it needs to though. But um, I have bought over the course of like I got an early Christmas gift and in the form of a of a Visa card, and I have gotten Death's Door, nice Skyrim Anniversary Edition, nice and Guardians of the Galaxy, and nice. I have, uh, yeah. So like I've gotten all of these, and I am intending to play these starting this week. I want to get Guardians of the Galaxy done for my Game of the Year contender list, so I think I'm going to start that next. I got Death's Door on Switch. I think Death's Door it, it even launched a little too late to like be able to compare it for Game of the Year, right? Like, didn't that game just come out like this last week for Switch? I mean, Death's Door, been, yeah, it's been out since been, like, I, September, I think. Yeah, it came Honestly, out. On, I thought it came out. Well, it came out on Xbox first. It was a it was a very small window console exclusive. See, and I thought for some <laughs> reason Death's Door came out like. In November for Switch, but that's also weird. Like technically, the game was out for a platform, so I could see it being part of Game of the Year contenders for people who got a chance to play it. Back oh, then. it didn't come July out for PlayStation 20th. Four or Five <clears throat> or Switch till November twenty third. Yeah, it just came mm-hmm. out for both of them. Um, yeah. It's been yeah, out July twentieth on Xbox. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I I played like the first. I don't know. I beat the first boss in that game. Uh, that's pretty yeah. fun it has a, it has really good charm to it and i i do intend on there's two games for my game of the year um guardians being one and then this counts demon souls being another because demon souls launched too late last year and i'm gonna replay through demon souls again but i'm gonna do a slow play like i did bloodborne last time so instead of like going through and just beating the game i'm gonna go through and take my time with it like explore everything and explore everything like i did the first time i play it because that's how I typically judge game of the year is replaying a game and doing that. If I, if I didn't do it already, which I have, but that's I'm gonna play Guardians. Guardians would be fine for you. That game's around like definitely since you weren't really worried about trophies at all. That's like a eighteen hour game. That's you the, say, Chris. Th- that's the yeah. perfect length for a game. Eighteen to twenty five hours. Just give me that all I'd day. Say every eighteen day. to twenty for the average person seems I was, honestly. Right. I feel like you could beat it if you weren't going for trophies. You could beat it in ten hours. I don't think I agree with that, but you did play through more of it again for your different reasons than I did. So I don't know. Mm. Maybe. 
<laughs> that's the game though that I'm most excited to start playing out of all this. Um, so I'm gonna probably play Demon Souls through once more first, uh, just because I know that game, I know it well, so I can get through it at a fairly decent pace while taking my time. And then Guardians will probably start sometime next week, and that'll probably be what I'm playing other than Halo. It's my side game and Pokemon and Animal Crossing. I'm really I don't know what I'm going to play next. I'm probably I'm I'm know I'm going to take a break from Sea of Thieves because I I did it. I got you know <laughs> I'm going to take a, a nice break and and go away from it for a little bit. Um, probably going to slow down on Halo some. I mean I'll still play, but I'm probably going to start trying to play my PS4 or five rather. Um, I just don't know. You know I have a hand like I want to try that League of Legends Ruined King game that Airship Syndicate put out. Looks really good. Um, and then there's, I, I did start playing. I don't think I mentioned that, Chris. I did start playing um, Lost in Random. Yeah, how and was it, it did not hold my attention nearly as much as I had hoped for. Yeah, like it's not bad, but there's little things that I don't like about it, just from like a game design standpoint. So I don't know. I may try and come back to it eventually, but it's just. I, I don't know. You know, it's it's weird because that was one of those games like that looks awesome, and then mm-hmm. playing it, I'm like, mm, not as awesome as a, not as awesome as the, you know, trailers and gameplay look, which kind of leads me to that thing of like maybe it gets awesome and it's just a little slow right now. But yeah, who knows? I can see that being the case. I'm trying not to play games I've played before because you know I was talking about trying to knock out the game of the year uh, list, which there's so many games in that. I'm starting to wonder if I can really pull that off since I've done zero work toward that <laughs> in a week where I had plenty of time to do it. Uh, but and then also the reason I bring that up is because I didn't know this until like a week ago, and then my buddy Donovan messaged me. But Rune Factory Four is coming out for PS4 and Xbox One and PC even uh, on December seventh, and that's a game that I played hundreds of hours on on the DS or 3DS originally. I've tried not to pick it up on Switch because it's on Switch and it's been on Switch. But I was like, eh. But looking at thinking like Rune Factory Four with a platinum that I could probably get. But do I really want to play that game 300 more hours for the remainder of the year? Because no, I, I won't play anything else. <laughs> I do, but that's the thing. I will not play anything else. So, yeah, I think I may just hold. And, and the only thing, it gives me hope that maybe Rune Factory 5 will come to PlayStation. And maybe I won't play it on Switch. I'll just wait for it to eventually come to PlayStation after whatever exclusivity window goes away. Yeah. Because the only reason this is coming is because they're, tr- they're clearly wanting us to bring this to a bigger audience, right? I mean, PlayStation had had Rune Factory games on um, PS3. They were always not the mainline style. It was always like a, a different version of it. So either way, looks good. Be good, hopefully. Um, I'll go ahead and get it out of the way that I forgot to post Community's Take in the middle of everything. Like we were having the conversation. I felt like every day was Sunday since I've been off work. Uh, so I know that's part of it. I didn't even realize until uh, we Two were hours recording. Ago. Yeah, <laughs> or an hour so, ago. Um, we just won't have one. This is going to be a relatively short episode just because of the way the news is anyway. So we hope you guys had a good holiday if you were on holiday. And if not, uh, you know, just had a good week. Yeah, um, so if you've, you, you've stuck around and you know us well enough through holidays. This is kind of how every holiday week works. This short episode, it's typically missing a segment or something, but we're here. Yep, we're here. And thankfully, Chris is here too. Chris's holidays were almost ruined. I'm he, kidding. <laughs> he is we. We is he. You hear that sigh in Chris's breath? 
But uh, before we get into the news, remember that if you like the show, share it with anybody that you think might like it. If you're listening to us on podcast services and they have the ability to rate and review, please do so. Helps other people know if the show is worth their time. Uh, and if you're watching on YouTube, you can like the video helps get it up in more people's things and subscribe if you haven't. Again, helps get us in front of more people. But without further ado, going to go ahead and head into the news here. The first piece of news is rumor has it that December PS Plus games will be Godfall, both PS4 and PS5 version, Mortal Shell, and Lego DC Supervillains. We should know December 1st, which is just a couple of days after this episode will go live. I think it's Wednesday. Um, so we should know relatively soon, but we're getting to this point where it feels like every month these games are getting spoiled uh, before PlayStation get anywhere. So I think PlayStation should just move up when they start saying these. Like you know, let us let us know a week earlier than you usually do. Yeah, right. Because that's normally when these leaks come out a week before we would find out. Um, pretty good month. I mean, I, I don't. Godfall is kind of the perfect game, I think, for PS Plus. I don't think it it's is. a terrible game. But I just think it was a hard sell uh, at $60 or $70 as a new IP. So this is a good spot for it. And I think more people would play it and enjoy it for what it is in that round. So see about that. Uh, next thing up, Sackboy continues to get festive in its continued post-launch support, this time adding a turkey costume to a big adventure as a free Thanksgiving update. Uh, so again, that question becomes, is that available everywhere? Or is it only available to U.S. users because Thanksgiving <laughs> is a U.S. holiday? Hmm. Let me know. I'm kidding. If, if nothing else, you just get a turkey costume for free. Even gobble, if you gobble. do Thanksgiving. So, you know, just you want to be a turkey. Are turkeys elsewhere? Hmm. Like, do people in the UK learn what turkeys are? I don't know. Everyone's <laughs> got a hand, right? You've traced it. The turkey here. Yeah. If, <laughs> if you didn't do a turkey hand, then I mean, what have you done? Yeah. Better I mean, things in life. <laughs> whoa. Would you... Sp- what did you spend your like? Did you put your hand down and like trace it, and it looked like a giraffe or something, like a koala? What do we, I mean, how regional are we getting here? You know, <laughs> you put your point. hand down, it looks like a water dragon. You know, <laughs> and I don't know. Hey, how come koalas are considered bears? I mean, they're called koala bears, but they're marsupial, so I don't yeah. know. It's because they don't have the koalifications. <laughs> uh, good good times good no times. it's not it's the farthest from good times it's the worst times <laughs> alright next thing up in the news Marvel seems to be continuing their expand into more corners of gaming as an investor presentation prematurely revealed that Dimensional Inc. Studios the developer behind DC Universe Online which has been running forever it seems like is working on an MMO based around Marvel which first of all I guess rip DCUO at that point because I don't know that I'd want to be keeping up two different you know superhero inspired mmos at once but we'll see how that works out um considering the source not much is known outside of the information there except for that the project is being considered longer term uh so i'd expect it to be a few years away probably 2023 2024 uh at best you know this is interesting because i loved dcuo when it first came out i played the crap out of it i even liked it with the subscription i didn't think it was i thought the subscription was fine but then it went free to play um or at least subscription free and then eventually free to play um but Mm. The problem with DCUO is that it's continuously had player base, but they've never given the game like a big revamp. And so it's kind of stagnated out over an entire console generation. And now we're going into yet another one. So 
the fact that there's not like a PS5 version is not surprising because you don't really have to have it to even play on PS5. But it leads me to wonder, like, is it about time to close DC Universe Online? That, that probably, sadly. Uh, but it did just come out on Switch not long ago, so maybe not. We'll see. Uh, but with me loving that game back then, if they if Marvel's dumping more money into it more consistently and they play their cards out right and make this potentially free to play from the get go, or at least you don't have to buy the game and you just pay a subscription, we'll see how that kind of ends up working out. Um, but this could be really good. I mean, I think that the developers have the chops to do it. They just need the budget to keep it up and uh, a big hit at the immediate side. So, Saul, what do you think about this? I think it's interesting. Um, what if this game actually reinvigorated DCU online to come back and have like more stuff? Granted, from the same studio, probably wouldn't work that well. Wait, I've got it. Are you all ready? No. Get DCUO going back strong, revamp it, have this Marvel thing going, and because they're the same developer, eventually do a crossover event where it's Marvel versus DC. That'd be cool. That would be sick. There'd be a lot of licensing having to be done there. Yeah. Uh, but that would be sick. Chris, would there be? Because they have the licenses to both, right? So couldn't they just kind of do it? Yeah, they but want? I think you'd have... I think you'd have to allow, I think you'd have to tell Marvel, hey, we want to do this. And Marvel and DC would have to be like, we agree. Yeah. That'd be cool. Like, I I would play it more. I, you know, I missed out on the big old DC hype train, mainly because I don't really like DC that much, uh, aside from like Batman. Uh, So so you've never played DC Universe online, have you? No, I never have. And I've watched people play it, though. Like, I've sat down next to somebody playing it, and it looked interesting. It's got some of my favorite. MMO mechanics in it, like things I've wished other MMOs would have for years. Uh, like one of the big things is I love the choice of, which is basically a weird version of transmog, but you have to pay for it. Just styles when you have a when you get a piece of armor. If you've previously had a piece of armor, you unlock the style of that armor. So if you get a new one, you can just apply that style to it in your menu without having to do anything extra. Then you have color cores, and you just have three. You have main, sub, and um, or what main complementary and then like so like warfare uh, accent and you get to choose those three colors in any order that you want and that way you can really just hyper customize the way your guy looks which I think is arguably to the game's defense setup is it, maybe it's more important for superheroes where half of like the superhero ideas like the character taking the time to create their version of their superhero it's like, well, I'm going to be this hero and these will be my main colors and this will be my symbol, you know, stuff like that. See, that'd be really cool. Like, and in like a Marvel game specifically, because I would definitely make a Spider-Man character. Yeah, and that's the bigger thing. Like, so DCUO had like what was your base traversal? You could run really fast. Um, I think you could fly, and there was a third one that I'm honestly not remembering. Um, Probably just Batman, but, right? Like regular human ass walking, grappling <sighs> hooks. I don't think so. I think it was. It might have been jumping or like you know having a huge leap or grappling hooks or something uh like that but you had yeah basically it was like what do you want your traversal to be first of all uh and 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 in a lot of ways spider-man kind of reminded me of the running fast because you could just run up the side of buildings and then jump off of them kind of like you do when you're playing as miles or peter and like the newer spider-man games yeah um of course flying had its benefits but i think that's the idea like you you base it off of like traversal and then what do you want the rest of your moves to be? And you can kind of move those around, but that, that game had like, you know, ended up having raid systems that felt closer to something like a destiny style raid because of every puzzle piece kind of working out as opposed to like more raids of like a final fantasy or an, uh, or a world of Warcraft where it's more like, well, we need this many, um, um, 
why am I oh, this many tanks, this many healers, this many um, yeah. DPS. So I like how it skewed some of those things. And I think that if, if Marvel gets that, I would, I would probably be down to play for a good bit, depending on how it goes out. Um, I don't know. Chris, do you ever play DCUO? Um, I think I like looked at the beginning screen, but I don't think I ever played anything further than that. I'm always curious to how they pull these stories off. The story for DC Universe was that Brainiac comes down and like pulls people up and like figures out the superhero gene and starts abducting people and making them superheroes. And then the existing superheroes are coming to break them out because he's using them to make an army of of super villains you know and like the heroes are coming to break them out and and help you use your powers for good so it was like an interesting story setup that kind of worked within the the lore so i wonder what they would do uh for marvel and they have so many different versions like can you be a mutant and then also something like like because it'd be really easy to be like someone figured out the mutant gene and we just made everybody a mutant but then that's more x-men than marvel right like it's more hyper focused of a certain specific section of Marvel, or do you go real broad and be like, you can be a rich guy who's got money to make something. You can be a mutant. You can, you know. I wonder what the the overall class system would look like. Um, You're muted again, there, good sir. If I had to guess, you would have like the X Men Mansion, like the streets of Harlem, and then you'd have space. That's how you would choose. That, that's what I would do. So basically cyberpunk, right? Are you a corpo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a nomad or a street kid? Yeah, but I think because, yeah, pretty much. Um, but that would be kind of cool. And it would kind of fit everyone because if you were like, oh, I'm a hero of New York, then it's like, cool, you can be Luke Cage or you can be Jessica Jones or I want to be space and be Silver Surfer. That kind of stuff I think would be neat. Hopefully they do more with it than cyberpunk did, but... Yeah, I see that's my other thing. It's like curious as how they do the things because you could move between Gotham and Metropolis and DC Universe online. You basically would just go to like the subways and, and go through or whatever and you'd go to each area. Um, and, you know, because I'm not as familiar with Marvel, I'm curious to what degree, like how does navigation work in that way? Like what do they consider their main hub cities? Because a lot of Marvel stuff is not about fake cities. It's like we're just in New York. <laughs> you know, it's like it's real areas. So do you just mm-hmm. choose a couple of American cities and go about your business? Like the Queens. <laughs> go to Queens and like be Spider-Man. I mean, I didn't really. I guess a lot of a lot of Marvel does kind of take place in New York, doesn't it? Yeah, most of it. And then New York and California. But it would be pretty neat if I could be like, yeah, I'm a spider guy from Hartford, Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's yeah, hardly man. enough tall buildings to make this work. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. We, we, ha- we are the insurance capital of the world, my friend. Oh, then y'all got tall buildings everywhere, huh? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> you want a Digivice? I would love a Digivice, a real one. Uh, all right, see, let's say the next thing coming up, uh, Square Enix's recent financial report didn't bring much surprise with it. But one thing I've noticed is that this year's Neo, The World Ends With You, a sequel to the niche DS title, for anyone who doesn't know about the original, apparently did not meet sales expectations set by the company. The sequel came off the back of Square porting the original The World Ends With You title, which was a DS title, uh, to the Switch and smartphones. So I think with the limited audience of for that specific remake or remaster rather before going multi-platform with a sequel, 
I think all of that on top of really minimal marketing seems like Square Enix didn't really give it much of a chance to thrive. But whether this means the end of the franchise or the series remains to be seen. But it is a little surprising because Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts both saw their biggest sales numbers ever last gen, uh, whereas this game did not get lucky and hit the same heights. So it's a rare miss for the Japanese-led games from Square, and it's a little unfortunate for the series. Um, I never played the original because it was on TS, <laughs> and I didn't play this one due to timing, so I hadn't played it yet. I was loosely interested in it, uh, mm-hmm. but I never got around to it. Uh, Saul, did you ever play the original? Or I, you- I did. I loved it. Um, I didn't pick this game up either because of timing, but you know, I always find it interesting that like Square did this, and EA did this with Titanfall, but it's like they make a niche game like remaster slash remake slash sequel slash prequel, whatever they choose to do. And then it doesn't sell well enough. And then it's like, it didn't sell well. Well, yeah, because it's niche. Like, it's not going to sell well, right? Well, that's like, that's part of it. What kind of sales expectations did they set for this game? That's true, too, because like, think back to like what you're talking about with advertising. I don't remember seeing much about this game. Very, very little. Uh, that, and that's also why it was easy to forget. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but like I intended to get it and I was like, I'll get it later. But then I never saw advertising on it again. Yeah. And I really never saw advertising on it to begin with. You know, it, uh, like two gameplay videos on YouTube is not a real advertisement, you know? Yeah. And yeah. it's 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 not bad that it, they did it this way. It's just, I don't know if this, this story capped up the whole storyline for this series. And if it did, great. But if it didn't, it looks like there may not be another one. So then that's just another series stuck at limbo. Well, it's, you know, for all the complaints that Kingdom Hearts got, right? For Kingdom Hearts 3 suddenly going multi platform when none of the other Kingdom Hearts games were available on Xbox, the same thing exists here. Why would I want to play a new The World Ends with You when I have zero clue what the game series is about? And definitely when you think about the way Square does stuff, there comes, there becomes this feeling of like, I feel like I need to play the first one to understand what's going on here. When that may not even be true. But when you don't market the game and you don't show me that I don't need previous information from it, and you lead that to little niche Japanese articles that make their way over here or a small subsect of fans who are being vocal about what they're reading about, then you're not giving the consumer much of a chance to really figure out that they don't that the game may not be indebted to the previous games. Um I remember that I saw The World Ends With You, but had zero clue what it was. And I didn't really know anything about it until Dream Drop Distance introduced the characters in Kingdom Hearts. And I was like, these are some pretty cool characters. Um, and I just never went around, went back and played it because it was a DS game. Uh, Chris, you ever played or even been remotely interested in either of these? Not even remotely interested. Sadly. I know you're not super big on JRPGs. Like For you, no. what kind of JRPGs really hit? Persona 5 is the only JRPG I've ever finished. Uh Pokemon. I've finished every Pokemon game. You really liked Tales, but you didn't finish it. No, I didn't finish (laughs) it. To your point. Yeah. Yeah. If you ever get a chance, try Persona 4. If you like Persona 5. I've played Persona 4. Uh, Okay. Never never finished it. (laughs) (laughs) But but the thing is, like, if I'm being honest with you, if I hadn't been in quarantine, I wouldn't have finished Persona 5, I don't think. That's a 125-hour game. (laughs) Yeah, that's ridiculous. And it's funny that you say that after every time that you tell me I'm supposed to play it and I go, Chris, it's a 125-hour game. You act like that's nothing. (laughs) I think it's worth the time. But if I'd been working, I wouldn't have finished it. That's the thing. Because it would have taken me so long 
and something else would have come out. Whereas I beat it in a week during quarantine, just sitting on my couch for all day. You know what I mean? Like, well, see, and that's the crazy thing. Like quarantine here didn't really happen like that. Yeah. Like, what, that's, that's the thing is like Saul and I were both where we are now. And the thing that came out is like that hit. And I worked from home literally one day and I worked right. from home. I wasn't in quarantine off. You know, yeah. I took a computer home, remoted into my computer at mm-hmm. work and then worked from home. Yeah. And I then was- immediately the next day they're like, all right, come back in. I think I was off work for five months and I was, I was making more money than I made working too. So it was nuts. Yeah. So we didn't quite get that. So every time someone brings up persona, I'm like, it could be an amazing game, but just like I talked about with rune factory four, which is not a 125 hour game. First of all, (laughs) I just played it for hundreds of hours because I really enjoyed it. If I started playing that and got lost in it the same way, I wouldn't play anything else. So mm. right now, play I, or pretty much every time I look at Persona Five, there's always enough other stuff I want to play that's on the horizon. That's like I wouldn't be able to play that. Like if I started if I started Persona Five right now, I could pretty much say goodbye to playing Forza or Forza. <laughs> I think of Horizon. I could say goodbye to playing Horizon, uh, Forbidden West, and like. Elden Ring and stuff like that because I very likely would still not be done with this game in February. That's <laughs> what it feels like. <laughs> the thing like. is, I, I, you know, having finished it, I would argue it's worth the time, but I do understand. Like I said, I understand it because if I hadn't been in quarantine, I don't think I would have ended up finishing it. Even though, and now that I have, it's my one of my favorite games, if not my favorite game of all time. So, yeah. I just don't like playing games. Like if I if if I was in a similar situation, I could see it because I don't like playing games for that long without anything going on. That bothers me. I don't want to be like here. I am playing the same game a month and a half later, and I'm starting to miss up on certain parts of the story. I don't know. It just feels for the record, weird. One of the few people in the world who has this person what royal soundtrack what on vinyl? It's vinyl, unopened. Oh. It's beautiful, and it's strictly so for collecting purposes because. He hasn't opened it and listened to it. <laughs> well, I have it on Spotify. It's the thing is, I bought it for eighty bucks, and it's now like three hundred bucks on eBay. So it feels irresponsible to open. But it I just heard if looks you take a vinyl so nice. and you fold it like like a taco, it sounds better. Can you can you clarify that for us real quick? Sure, I'll go grab one of my other vinyls. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, do you have a vinyl player? Yeah. I, I'm not just, I really didn't know. I knew that you had a couple of vinyl, but I thought most of them were like for collecting purposes. So no, I, I listened sure. to, I think there's only two vinyls I own that I haven't opened yet. So, uh, All right. Yeah. When I get a house, I get a vinyl player. We'll see what Square does in the long run with this. Uh, I don't know. Square is so weird. It took them so long to make a sequel to begin with. That's why I think it's weird to, why dump the resources in just to be like, all right, don't market it at all. <laughs> so, yeah. Here's the hope that they don't do that again. But I'll tell you See, this: we're getting a we're getting a sequel to um, we're getting another Star Ocean. So <laughs> uh, I mean, and, and after Star Ocean uh, Five was pretty meh, meh. So and I can't believe that that game sold very well either. So who knows? We got a we got a near automata when the original near sold like garbage. And then now you look at it. Now you look at automata <laughs> plus replicant. Yeah, selling six million units for Automata alone. Yeah, yeah. Chris, you had something to say before you before you threw up, and what was that? That was Iago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no pleasure comes from that game for me. No, um, 
I was thinking while we were talking about this story and you're talking about the advertising, do you think they do stuff like this on purpose? Where they're like, okay, you guys are clamoring for The World Ends With You. We don't want to make it. So we're going to make a sequel. We're going to tell nobody. So that when our yeah. finances come out, we go, yeah, we're not making another one. Sorry. I, I think 100% they sabotage their their IPs like this. Because that's that's what Titanfall was. They they saw Titanfall was like this close, tight-knit community that See, won this game. That doesn't have no money in monetization for Battle Passes because yeah. it's such a t- close, tight-knit community. So they're going to make two, but they're going to launch it the exact same week of Battlefield, which has a much larger community a massive community that's gonna that that's diehard dedicated fans to spend money on, and then they're gonna say, "Oh, well, it didn't sell well against Battlefield, so we're just not." See, gonna. I think that one is a little bit different because I think in that um, specific example, they were trying to shotgun blast Call of Duty, and they're like, "One of these will win." And yeah, we'll just neither. throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Exactly, because yeah. that was the thing, which I was, think is even more dumb. If you're going to do this, why would you put two at the same time? I get where someone might have had that idea, Mm. but that's actually, that's what I was about to say. I think the dumbest thing about what they did at Titanfall 2 is that Titanfall 2 probably had a really high chance of actually getting up to Call of Duty status, Mm -hmm. and they crippled it by putting it up beside something like Battlefield that had such a built-in thing. I actually think it did for a little while. So you lead people to have this idea of like, well, I can only buy one. Titanfall was originally exclusive and multiplayer only, and I don't know if I care for it, so I'm going to stick with the devil I know. And then some people get so conflicted. That there's people that could have bought Battlefield that decided to go with Titanfall instead, and then you just lose those sales across from people being like, I'm only going to buy one. It just made zero sense. But to your original question, that seems so dumb because at the end of everything, your IP is the only value that your, co- that your company genuinely like. A company like Square genuinely has. They have all these development studios and stuff, but the development studios are worthless unless they're making some form of an IP. Uh, so unless you're partnering with Microsoft to make their quadruple A game. Um, but to that end, I feel like it makes zero sense to be like, hey, here we have this little IP that has some kind of inherent value. Let's devalue it completely by making a game, not, not doing anything with it, and further devaluing our IP. I just think it doesn't really jive with anything, but I get that it's real easy to look and be like, why did they literally burn this into the ground? Like they gave it zero chance to, to, to do anything. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it comes down to they give so much budget and then they start looking at the game and they'll be like, eh, you know, maybe word of mouth will work. And so they decide to pull money from marketing so they don't have to spend more on the game. And at the end of it all, it just doesn't work in their favor. And then they have the secondary benefit of being like, well, y'all kept asking. Now we don't have to do it anymore. But, you know, to Chris, the opposite. Do you think that's ever true that they make a game? They try to, like, not market or anything to be like, God, maybe we can get away with not making any more of this. And then the game ends up blowing up and they're like, Shit, now we have to make more of these. I'm honestly curious yeah, if that's what near. Apex was aiming for or near. Apex did the same thing. Apex was like, we're going to launch in like three days, but we're not going to tell anybody. Yeah, you know, the funny thing uh, about Nier, bringing that up, is that, who knows, also, right? But the thing about Nier that's funny is, at the time, they gave Nier to the same creative director who had never had a smash success outside of the first Drakengard. Yeah. And was that even a success? Drakengard 1 was a big success on PS2, and that's yeah, why Drakengard 2 and 3 came, and then the original Nier. But... I om- at the time, if you think about it, Platinum Games was in their funk where like they hadn't released a acclaimed game in quite some time. And so it almost seems like they were like, eh, Platinum has been 
messing up lately and we have this dude all these people want these near games let's give it to them so we can shut the fans up shut the creative director up who wants to work on another one uh, and then lo and behold Platinum makes an actually great game for most people's standards. <laughs> I know, Chris. That's why I said most <laughs> people's standards. Yeah. Uh, and it goes on to be great. So I don't know. I think that's a, it's an interesting thing to see, but I don't know if we'll ever understand business ideology. You know what I mean? Like yeah. what numbers were they looking at that made them think, ah, we don't need to, we don't need to advertise this anymore. Yeah. So, uh, next thing up, 12 Minutes, originally released as an Xbox console exclusive, is coming to PS consoles. Players can unravel the mystery set within this time, uh, this top-down adventure uh, game, Time Loop, starting December 7th. Uh, oddly big year for Time Loop titles. I don't know what's up with it. Speaking of Time Loop titles, Housemark took to Twitter to share a cryptic tweet with a screenshot accompanied by a simple, quote, atropos, dot, dot, question mark, end quote. Just so you know how weirdly vague it was. Many are taking the screen, which appears to be like a stone head of sorts in an underwater environment. I'm not really sure. As a tease for an upcoming Returnal DLC, maybe we'll see a reveal of some sort if there is going to be DLC at the Game Awards Saw. Yes. I know that you, of all of us, liked Returnal the most and got the furthest. Um, what you thinking here? I think, it's, I think Returnal has a lot of untapped like space horror aspect to tie into it. I, I agree with that. I am not a fan of the ending of that game. So do you think that they could use DLC as a way to basically not retcon, but in a way create a new ending? Maybe. Oh, I don't understand what DLC could do with the ending that that game has. You know, I'm going to be very spoiler free uh, in my talking, but with the way they set up the ending and the meaning behind it, it is. It's like one of those endings. Like I think me and you called it like day two of us playing it. Of like what the ending was, and I don't know what DLC could do to it that could retcon it or that could. I don't know. I'm not saying they should change it, but I'm just saying like I don't really know what DLC could do outside of out like like to from, from add an to it. actual story perspective yeah. or anything. Right. It, the so, most DLC could do is just strictly gameplay. Yeah. And some of the enemy designs and boss designs in this game were fantastic. It's certainly one of the games that I would consider my game uh, in my game of the year contenders. Surprisingly, because at first, you know, I, I just did not think this game had seventy dollars of value into it. But then the amount that that I played of it, the sheer amount of hours I put into this game, versus all the cool features that this game had, like the dual sense support and stuff of that nature, it made it worth seventy dollars. And it's one of those games that's it's interesting because not many roguelites motivate me to keep playing past the like too many roguelikes have like the here's the ending but that's not the real ending you have to play it four more times or five more times to get the real ending and how many of those motivate me to do that this kind of the problem i had with hades is that i felt accomplished enough after the first one and 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 the little bit of story gave that i was like i know that there's more story here yeah but i just kind of want to do something else yeah and see that's you know that's it's rare for a game like that to motivate me and it did so I really enjoyed it and I'm looking forward to seeing what the DLC could be. Yeah. So well, we'll see. I mean, the biggest thing is that I'm I'm curious to see if Returnal continues to sell more as more PS5s get out there because I know it's a niche game but releasing at the time it did 
it, you would think that the majority of day one owners for consoles like this would be more like more receptive to playing a niche game because yeah. they're a little bit more of a core gamer style um, than the slightly more casual aspects of some people who will wait a little bit longer. Uh, but also PS5 just had a lot of hype behind it. And I think you have the same thing that happened with Switch where the lack of them being easily accessible makes people want them even more. People who would have otherwise waited are starting to get that feel of like... They're hard to get. I need to get one. It's, it's like, a status symbol. <laughs> it's like when Corona first became a thing and people were freaking out over toilet paper. And you got to the store and you finally found toilet paper. And you're like, man, I don't really need it. But, but if this it. is going to be gone here soon, I might as well buy it. Yeah. Like you become, you, it's like you become one of those people. Yeah. And that's, it's hard because you go through those types of things where you get that fear of missing out that can happen very easily. Okay. Hold on real quick. Saul's looking at a PS Vita 2 render or something like that. This is the ugliest thing in the world. I absolutely hate when people make renders where the controls push into the screen space and you end up with this really oblong, weird-shaped screen where there's like a curve taken out of each side. Yeah, like a notch around the Who would play games on that? Nobody would. Like, Or they they would. They're going to... No. I would hate that. I'm like, yeah, uh, uh, uh. This is also ugly. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's something we can talk about, too. Uh, real quick, we'll go ahead and talk about that. Uh, Sony patented, and it's just a patent. I mean, they'll ever do anything. But Sony patented a gaming controller that looks like a DualSense with like a seven inch wide screen that's only like two inches tall in the middle of it. Chris, did you see this? Mm-hmm. I did. It, it looks goofy. <laughs> that's really the only way I can say it. It does look uh, <clears throat> I mean, what do you think the end goal is for something like that? Do you think that they're trying to do what some people were hoping originally, where uh, there was uh, talks about the DualSense having a screen in the middle? Um, I think it's just a phone attachment, right? I didn't read too much into the patent, but wouldn't that just be the logical, like Occam's Razor is the streaming, and they want to put be able to give you something for your phone that's Sony branded, right? Well, this shows... That's the thing. This doesn't look to be a... If it is a phone thing, then I was unaware of that. But I also did not read too far into it. So we're kind of just going off of yeah, the I'm just looking at initial... The picture. See, why would you want it pushing into your vision? Why, why are all of these like that? Like, look at this button inlay. It's on the screen. Like, the screen goes around it to... Like, look at that. Everybody's got you, caught into this cell phone pocket. You know, yeah, you guys the, are the talking about the idea. one... Where it's like the whole the whole front is the screen, but the buttons are on the screen. So yeah. you're playing. It's so dumb. I hate that, dude. That's sick. I would. I would. I don't know what this is, but this looks like the what's uh, PSP Go. And this looks like the Xperia <laughs> uh, uh, phone or the PSP Go. The what was the oh, was it PlayStation Xperia? Wasn't it? Yeah, it was the Xperia Play or whatever. Xperia Play. Yeah, that would. I would buy that in a heartbeat. But I'll tell you what's wrong with that PlayStation controller, right? That's ugly. That is horrendous. Now, let me show you. For anybody that does not know, just look up the Razer Kishi. It's this right here. It's the thing that they posted in our Discord already. Which is a phone attachment. Which is a phone attachment, and that looks miles better than that. Well, the handles, despite being far more comfortable, because I will say that, the handles would make this more comfortable than that. But yeah, that looks a lot better. It does. And what's cool about stuff like this is like these are on a rail system. You just slide them together and lock them in place, and then they become this big. Versus that, which that's not going to be portable. See, like, that's that's the big thing is like looking at what's showing here. It looks like it's literally just a big controller uh, a, it's a with big a screen in the middle. Set, I don't think shot. that there's. I want to look into it for a second, but 
Uh, let's see. Because it's saying it's uh, for a PlayStation Mobile is what they're calling it. So, Chris, I could see why your idea would think it'd be a phone attachment because it would almost need to be at that point. Otherwise, if they're doing this without it being a phone attachment, it becomes this idea of uh, a completely separate controller with a screen in it. At this point, just makes that a dedicated handheld, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah, would agree so. with that. You're very likely right, but the way the patent is shown, it doesn't show any of the art of it sliding apart or anything. So it just ends up looking like a weird thing in the middle. It could be, it could, it could work. I don't know. I just, I think it looks really goofy, but it continues to show that Sony has some form of interest in looking at, again, just looking at the idea of having some way to play their games on the go. And uh, with the apps for remote play continuing to get more and more robust and support features for like DualSense and stuff, I could see this becoming a thing where you basically get DualSense features. Now, you know what's weird about this? We're in the age of the DualSense, and yet this patent is a DS4. Yeah. They're, everything about this looks like a DualShock 4. Yeah. I don't know why Sony would be patenting something that is technically going back in design language. Uh, I mean, it might just be easy reference more than the DS4, you know. The, the you shape know of saying? the DS4 is so easy that, yeah, who knows? Yeah. I don't I know. Don't know. It's, it's interesting to see regardless. Uh, so, anyway, uh, two more things to look at. First thing that is up is Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection apparently is not bringing Uncharted 4's multiplayer mode alongside its remaster for PS5 and PC. According to the ratings board, note that the title includes, quote, no interactive elements, end quote, which they view as the ability to interact with other players. So, Unlike The Last of Us Remastered, it looks like we will not be getting uh, multiplayer here, which is in line with the other Uncharted, um, the Blue Point Uncharted games they did for PS4, um, because Uncharted 2 and 3 did not get their multiplayer come forward either. So not too big of a surprise, but in case you were looking to maybe, maybe get re-into Uncharted 4's multiplayer, um, you're going to have to actually go and play Uncharted 4 on PS4 for that. Uh, last thing up, is a couple of weeks or maybe like a month or two months ago, we had a little rumor or report about an artist who was working with an Irish or Irish language artist who was working with a composer who had mentioned that they were doing a big remake that could be shown at the Game Awards this year or end of the year. And it looks like uh, a recent podcast said, and this is from IGN's article that we're looking at, but uh, Xbox era's Nick Baker said that the reported big remake mentioned by the folk singer is indeed a remaster of the sequel of, or I guess technically spinoff of Chrono Trigger, which is Chrono Cross. It was a PS1 game from the original PS1. Um, And what's more, Baker's sources tell him that will be multi-platform as opposed to PlayStation exclusive. So that is Mm -hmm. a square title. Um, and the one thing that's a little interesting about that is if you're making a game like this as a multi-platform remake or reboot or whatever you want to call it, why would you, why would the composer be referring to it as a PlayStation, like a big PlayStation game? Chrono Cross is a big PlayStation game. I mean, it was for sure, but I think it's a weird way to go about talking about it. Doesn't mean it can't be the way that it was talked about. I just found well, it to be a little didn't, odd. Didn't she say like a big PlayStation exclusive? 
But I don't think she said that the game she was working on was. She was saying that she was making a play a game that was a PlayStation exclusive. At least the way, like, I know why you would take it that way. I guess just looking back, I'm like, okay, I guess like Chrono Cross was a PlayStation exclusive and whatever. So. Yeah, Chrono Cross certainly was a PlayStation exclusive, and maybe that's what it is operating in the fact of hey, it's a remake of an original PlayStation exclusive. So then the assumption to be made would be that the remake would then be PlayStation exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, if you look at that's why I think no one was surprised when Final Fantasy VII Remake was announced as a PS exclusive because the mm-hmm. original game eventually made it to PC, but from a console standpoint, it was an exclusive. So, yeah, apparently, still is similar thing. Uh, I love Chrono Cross. I played the hell out of the game when I was a kid. I'm one of those people that it's probably very nostalgia driven, and that's why I didn't play Chrono Trigger until far later. I like Chrono Cross way more than Chrono Trigger, and I know that that's most people's. It's 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 backwards. I've never played Chrono Cross. Oh really, dude? Dude, for a PS One game, I thought that game looked crazy incredible. I couldn't believe it. Uh, so this is pretty cool. I like that. I like the idea, but it also makes me wonder: Would this really be a remaster or a remake? I feel like in the era of gaming we're in right now, I would expect a remake. Um. But it's funny, the wording here says a Chrono Cross remastered was also along among the numerous titles listed in an NVIDIA's GeForce Now leak. Um, but do you think that's just an idea of them using remaster as basically a word to encapsulate bringing a game back in any form? Very well could be. Yeah, that's probably what it mm-hmm. is at this point. Just a colloquialism. Yeah, for sure. Ah, it's interesting. I don't know because we haven't gotten anything from Chrono in a long time. I don't. It would be a little weird to me if they were honestly going to remake Chrono Cross as opposed to Chrono Trigger. I would almost say they'd have more fanfare if they announced a full-on remake of Chrono Trigger. But I think the problem that you deal with at that point is that since Chrono Trigger is a, a top-down classic RPG, and if you remade it now, the remake would almost undoubtedly be a full 3D game and people would be mad that you were changing the style of a game, whereas Chrono Cross, yeah. already being a full 3D game, has the ability to kind of do that. But you know, that Chris, was... we, were talking about, uh, we were talking about the combat for KOTOR yeah, and how it's pretty rough, but the game is still great, and that it's not surprising that they're going to be making the combat more action-oriented in the new remake. What do you think they'd do here? Because like Final Fantasy VII Remake, or Final Fantasy VII Remake did not keep... Final Fantasy VII's original active time battle system in place. So, do you think a Chrono remake would end up going more action oriented, real time combo uh, combat? Um, maybe I don't know. I never played Cross to begin with, so I don't really have a form of a uh, frame of reference for it. But I yeah, don't it's think very turn based it. classical system. You mean, I mean, it's not that it's turn based. Because I I don't know I played um and I didn't finish it but I played a lot of Final Fantasy VII and I really liked the original battle system and when I played remake I was kind of like ah I wish you just kept it the same way so I hope they just leave it alone yeah I personally love the kind of middle ground they reached with seven where you could mm-hmm. essentially play seven as almost entirely turn based if you just chose to do so. Um, but having a little more control. I mean, if nothing else, I like the idea of bringing a remake to where you have both options kind of there. So if people want to play it as similarly to the original as possible, they can kind of get there. And if someone wants to play it in a more modern way, they can kind of get there. But it depends on how you do those. Because uh, there's series like um, Dragon Age that do that idea of like it can be 
real time to a degree, but then we can also stop and do the tactical view where it pulls the camera up top down and you can kind of see everything. Yeah. Yeah. So there's ways to make it happen for sure. Uh, Saul, would you prefer? I don't want to say prefer right now. Do you think is a good time to come and just make a big remake and actually keep it classic style? Um, like, do you think that, I guess would any, would either of you really think that the turn base would have a negative impact on the game's no. marketability? I, I do not. I don't think so either. Um, but I assume they changed Final Fantasy VII for marketability. Otherwise, I don't think that they had to do anything to change Final Fantasy VII's combat. I'm glad they did because I personally prefer it. But I still would have played it and enjoyed it if they didn't. Yeah, I, it's hard to say if they did that or not. Strictly because people not liking turn base. Because look at Persona Five. Yeah, I mean you're right. Um, but then again, actually, it could be done like Dragon Quest because Dragon Quest allows you to do either or. Yeah. So and maybe that's Square's answer to this, right? You don't even have to think about the problem if you just make every combat system basically work either way. Because 15 had the same thing as 7, not nearly as smooth or, or you know, where you could go into it with a single button press, but you could go into the menus of 15 and change 15 to basically be that it would pause between every action. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is like, like, I think Not So Republic is the first game that ever did that. So, I mean, to that end, if you make all of your games to where you can play it as as real-time or as turn-based as you want, yeah, you don't really have you to can, go through the question of, is Square going to do this or is Square going to do that? Uh, and I think it makes it easier to bring some of these new games forward because there are going to be people that are like, oh, I really want to play this because I hear great things about Chrono Trigger, but I don't like turn-based. Or, oh, I hear, I've, I've heard great things about Chrono Trigger, but I wish it wasn't real-time. You yeah. can kind of just strike that middle ground. As long as you really make it to where it's easy to do. I think Final Fantasy VII did a really great job of smack R2 and it pauses the game, basically. You know what I mean? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think that is it for the news. So with that, Chris... You were going off on a tangent from a very <sighs> simple question that Saul asked, and I want to hear your tangent in full. Saul oh, asked, uh, Saul was talking about how we didn't really go out of our way to bring up the topic on the show about Elder Scrolls being um, announced as an exclusive, Elder Scrolls 6 being announced as an Xbox PC exclusive. Um, and he brought up, you know, is the game going to keep the quality and style of like a Fallout 76? Or is it going to go back to the quality you expect from something like Elder Scrolls uh, Skyrim? And to that end, Chris kind of started in on something. I told him to wait. (laughs) Wait until we were married, Chris. But here we are. We're married. Middle of the show. You can now open on our marital bed. You can talk about your problems with what you perceive to be the issue with Xbox exclusives moving forward. Or if nothing else, Bethesda games on xbox exclusive moving forward would you like to clarify which one of those it is i guess oh yeah i think it's both because i just think i think if you look at what they did to halo's multiplayer and like halo's in beta they could completely change this but i think um i think a couple weeks ago i had said that i think game pass is going to screw with games and it's going to make them more microtransaction laden because how else are you going to make your money and then halo comes out and it's a progression microtranslate trans um transaction mess that's the entire so, problem with that game it's a it's the only a thing i want to add into this right now yeah go ahead and i think it is important distinction is that mm-hmm. what you're talking about is game pass but halo infinite's multiplayer is actually 
100% free to play. Correct. Surprisingly, you don't even have to have Game Pass. So I'm curious as to why Halo Infinite to you is indicative of why Game Pass games, Halo, sorry, Microsoft, why yeah. Halo Infinite's multiplayer, which is completely free to play, is indicative of the problems that could come from Game Pass. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just, I'm wanting to hear kind of where your because thoughts are on that. To me, I know this is technically not true, but realistically, from now on, every single Microsoft game is a free to play game. Every single one is. It's free to play. Or at least fourteen ninety nine to play, right? Or one dollar, depending on who you are. Depend- so no matter <laughs> yeah. what, free to play. So every game is going to have to have something. It's going to, you know. I don't. Maybe not. Again, I could be wrong here, but I think if you look at Halo and you go, they're doing this to Halo. How do you expect me to be confident in Redfall not being a mess? How do you expect me to be confident in in Elder Scrolls Six not being a mess? Like how? Because if, yeah, if this I is think, a I think Redfall is an interesting. Yeah. yeah, I think Redfall is an interesting idea of that. When you said it the other day, that it makes you significantly more worried and less interested in Redfall. What is Redfall? Uh, Redfall is the game coming from Arcane Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, vampire that, thing. The vampire. Oh, yeah. Game. Yeah, that's right. And here's the thing is that the little all CG thing was like, oh, this could be cool. And then the yeah. moment I saw gameplay, I it was, was like, well, I don't the all CG this. thing didn't make it clear that it was a battle royale either. Well, it's not a battle royale. That's that's not this one. Oh, is it not? No, okay. you're, th- you're thinking of the uh, the bloodline. Vampire oh, Masquerade. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. These look identical. <laughs> well, that's part of it is that they have similar games they're marketing. But this is coming from Arcane uh, Austin. So the team behind Prey, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were the ones who did Prey. Um, and they assisted with Deathloop to a degree. Um, the Claptrap. But... The the gameplay that was shown was just like a Left 4 Dead style vampire game is what it looked right. like to me. And mm-hmm. I could very easily seeing that get bogged down really quickly. So I, my interest in that game is already lowered. But kind of to speak to the same thing as you're talking about there, Chris, you know, I did bring up and it's funny because Halo Infinite is far worse. I brought up a while back that I think that the prices for... Um, cosmetics and all of that stuff that you can get in Sea of Thieves are crazy. I think an mm. outfit only for $10 and then having to buy the matching weapons for $10 more dollars and then buying emotes for $10 more is ridiculous. I think it's too much money personally. Um, but I didn't realize how... It's funny how things get put into context sometimes because that was an example of a game that you do have to buy mm-hmm. but is, like you say arguably free to play or at least subscription based depending on who you are per a pretty low dollar amount and they're still feeling the need to stipend and and find ways to funnel money by charging what i thought was too much for costumes and stuff and then halo comes around the corner and guess what uh, uh, guess what a, a single outfit armor set in halo infinite cost twenty dollars double Literally double of the already mm-hmm. high amount. I already thought that see if thieves was twice as expensive as it should have been. I would buy an outfit for five dollars and then buy the matching guns for five dollars. But that's not what they're doing. And right. I, you have to buy an entire ship if you want every bit of that ship customization. You got to buy. You got to spend like forty bucks on a ship. And then we have Halo charging fifteen dollars for you to have a sword uh, around your waist. Am I wrong? In a that? sword. Is that the price for it? Not only. Not only that. 
I think he's about to say it. A sword, a sword you can't use. You can't use unless you do the the battle, battle pass. pass. I was going to swear. The, <laughs> the, the, the event battle pass that only lasts five days or whatever and then doesn't come back for two months. Dude, I was the, also it, a, amazed at how long the season is lasting. I didn't realize yeah. there's 155 days left in the season. That's crazy. Because right. Blake was saying, I guess you, if you buy the battle pass, you keep it forever. But I, I don't, think that but is it. Yeah, that's true for the battle pass. But here's the thing about the event: the events going there's away. nothing that says the event battle pass stays. And if the event's not there, how do you build towards that battle pass anyway? Exactly. Because it's really not a battle pass; it's an event pass. Yeah. So, like when Fiesta goes away, the battle pass that's with Fiesta goes away with it. Yeah. Until, it, until comes it comes back. Which right. somebody said January, which I don't know where they got that information from. I don't know if it's, it's been announced, and I just don't it's care. In the event, if it. you look at it. When you're oh, in Halo, okay. it shows the three different sets of times. There's, yeah, so, there's three more windows yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's Where not only that. Back. It's like, so, like, I don't know if y'all have done it, but like the Fiesta Battle Pass, right? You can, you, you rank it up by doing challenges in Fiesta. You can't rank it up all the way. You can only go to seven. Yeah. You can only yeah. get to level seven until January. I'm, I'm six like, right now. What just is about that? to be seven. Like, why? I don't know why that. I don't, I, I, I honestly think that 343. This is their first foray into a free game like this, so like they've just misstumbled. And my my uh, maybe it's my naivete, but I th- would hope that they would fix this upon hearing complaints. They can't. Uh, well, I should say that I didn't hear this directly from three four three. It was stuff I was reading about this situation, and supposedly mm-hmm. the whole thing is that the monetization and all of this is built around this system. So maybe the challenges get easier. But it, as far as I can tell, it's not moving away from this. So this is Halo progression. And I don't think that? the challenge system in and of itself is a bad idea. Yeah, I think the no. way it's implemented to consistently pull you, and they're so specific that they pull you out. Like I spent an entire game not playing objective because I kept trying to get to a ghost so I could hit people with the ghost cannons because yep, I had two challenges that were the exact same challenge. Yeah. And so... To move through and try and get the next Fiesta one, uh, I, and I was trying not to use a challenge skip because I had one, and I ended up using it because I could do. I spent an entire big team battle map match mm-hmm. trying to sit there and be close enough and not kill or die, so I could be there when the ghost spawned. Every single time, I'd either get killed right when it was coming, or I would be like, "It's finally here," and then someone would like grapple shot to it or something and get onto it. And I was like, "I went an entire game, I couldn't even get on the ghost." Yeah, and it just right. it pissed me off to no end, and I thought. I have spent this entire capture the flag match doing zero of the objective. I haven't even killed the person who has the flag. I'm just, you know. To be fair, though, that's not exactly Halo's fault because Destiny falls prey to that. I think didn't Apex fall prey to that, too, with their daily challenges? I think challenges are inherently a problem to that degree. Because Destiny, Destiny has bounties. And like in bounties, like it's you go to Crucible and like your Crucible bounty may say something like, get 40 pistol kills or sidearm kills and you're not you're playing control which is the same as stronghold and it's like nobody's trying to cap these objectives they're just trying to get pistol kills mm-hmm. well and that's there's there's that as well and i think that sometimes you can like i think that one's loose enough that you could do that while you're doing the thing a good example and i still thought it was dumb and i want to talk about that in a second but a good example is i had a challenge that came up of get um again two of the same ones i had to get three kills with a pulse carbine and then get 10 kills with a pulse carbine yep. but i can do that while i'm playing the objective Yes. That's a little different. True. Because it's it's quite easy to get a pulse carbine in the game. It's not as easy to get onto the ghost. So when it's telling me to get, you know, 
30 kills with a ghost or whatever. Um, it was very frustrating. But then comes the same idea of I felt like this was a challenge that completely goes against the rules the game sets for itself because we're told that the game... We're told that the game is set up like Halo where your energy weapons or whatever you want to call them, the alien weapons, are set up to burst through your shields. And then the kinetic weapons are supposed to be what you finish people off with. And yet I'm being told to kill people with a pulse carbine to where once the shield drops, the damage goes to hell. And I'm trying to get kills on them after the shield drops almost immediately. And I feel like, okay, why would you tell me? Why would you give me a challenge that plays against the game's design? Well, and I thought that was an odd idea. It's also, I wouldn't listen to whatever said to do that with the plasma weapons because that's not really how they work, anyways. Well, that's what the load screen says. Yeah, that's that's more of like the lore behind how they're used. That's not how multiplayer mechanics work. Because like that that pulse carbine, it's hard to use, but like if you use it properly, it can kill anybody in three bursts, three trigger pulls. Yeah. Well, what's weird about it though? Good example. It still works. You're right, and that's how it works for me. I got the kills. But what I thought was interesting is that pretty much the first burst drops their shield. Bop, bop, bop. Yeah, shield, you see and the and shield and break, and, the next and then two. you have to do two more. Yeah. Whereas, and I tried it, if you bop, 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 break their shield and then immediately switch to the assault yeah, rifle, they're, brr, they're done. Yeah. And I was like, so it is right. I mean... But, well, don't think of it as that way because then it's like, it doesn't make any sense. Well, why, what, what do you mean it doesn't make sense? Well, I mean, if... if you, People who would think that, like, they would read that as a challenge, and they're like, "Okay, well, then how can I kill people?" Because oh, they're yeah. thinking that's not going to kill them; it's just going to do shield damage. But the thing is, is I could get a more efficient kill if I would just use the guns in the way that they're designed to work. And I think that's weird. But I do want to refocus this conversation a bit. In the I know weeds, we're getting lost later. in Halo. <laughs> but the I the, and I get what you mean. Halo is indicative, potentially indicative of a bigger problem. Now. I'm still curious because I think the fact that Sea of Thieves and Halo have this divide between the monetization and the Battle Pass, a good example, right? So uh, what we were talking about, Blake started playing Sea of Thieves after Halo. He's only been playing for about a week and a half, maybe two weeks now. And in those two weeks, he's already like level 70-something or 80-something. And... He did get a couple levels. They started a double XP weekend this this mm-hmm. weekend, but he was already like in the sixties before that happened. So how does that battle pass get so right to where in in a week and a half of playing pretty consistently and diligently, he gets more than halfway through the battle pass, and yet here we are in Halo, free to play, not under Game Pass specifically. And mm-hmm. he and I, I think I've been playing a ton of Halo, and guess what level I'm? I'm ranked. I'm like a I'm battle pass level nine, and I think yeah, Blake is below eight. me because he's getting stuck on on challenges. Uh, and that's the other thing is challenges don't expire. So if you just get challenges you're not good at. And t- you have to just basically get you have to fifty XP yourself up to a to a another level to where you can hopefully get a challenge skip and then skip that challenge. Uh, so to that degree, I think that those are very interesting games that I would almost argue. I think that the the, the argument about it to a degree is pre- is there in CFDs because I do think CFDs um, um, consumables, whatever they're called, not consumables, but um, aesthetic items are overpriced. But they're not overpriced to the degree that Halo is. So I think looking at that as an example of how these two games do things very differently shows where Microsoft's free-to-play mindset is versus their behind-a-paywall mindset is. Do you understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think, if anything, see if these might actually be the biggest indicative uh, indicator that Game Pass itself, when a game is truly under Game Pass, and I'm a little surprised that they chose to go completely free to play with Halo and not just lock it behind Game Pass where 
like you say, it's so cheap and there's so much more with it that you basically have the same idea. Um, For the record, I did but, some math. You know, it's yes. not free to play. It's three cents to play. Because given the amount Why of games on Game Pass, fourteen ninety nine up versus four hundred games is three cents a game. So Halo is three cents. <laughs> oh, so you're saying if you if if Halo were under Game Pass, right? The Halo so really, campaign. what you're saying is so what you're really saying is that Sea of Thieves is three cents to play. Halo is free to play, and that three cents means that everything doubles in value. Yes. <laughs> for, for cosmetics. Well, okay. it's like I said in that conversation we were having before is. Sea of Thieves has unlocks in the game, correct? Like just what do you base mean game. Unlocks? Base game. If you play through that game, you can unlock stuff. You can unlock costumes. I don't know. Yeah, you can. You can there with you money that you earn in the game, you can buy outfits so, that are in the game, and then you can also earn by playing the game the, the equivalent of the actual currency. Yeah, right. And then buy so, stuff that way. I didn't so spend money on my dog, but I have one. Right. That's my point. Is that with Sea of Thieves? There is stuff. So everything you buy is supplemental to what's in the game. So maybe that twenty dollars is 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 too much or thirty for the whole set, but you don't need to do that. And in Halo, as far as I can tell, there's no unlocks. If you don't buy a battle pass and you don't buy anything in the store, you are always in that single Master Chief suit. Right? So Well, no. No, 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 no. There's still armor and stuff on the battle pass. It's free. Very little. But uh, you are right. Little. There is a couple. But, you, but, Chris, you, you are correct. I mean, I get your overall thing. The majority of the free battle pass is challenge swaps so that you can and, and XP boost so that you can continue to climb this battle pass that has so few free items that it feels not worth it. Whereas in Sea of Thieves, if you do the whole battle pass, even if you don't pay for it, you get an entire set of what's called the Wicked Web set by the mm-hmm. end of it. Uh, and it comes with Wicked Web, Banjo, like all the equipment, all the the weapons, all of the clothes that you need to complete that thing. But once the, once you get level 100, you have the entire thing. Then if you buy the pass, you unlock all the Jackalooter ship stuff and costume stuff. Right. Um, and for $10 on that, holy crap, dude, what it would cost you to buy the equivalent of two costumes, mm-hmm. two weapon sets, and the majority of a ship would cost you like 100 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, so. Yeah, my point is really just that the amount of stuff makes it easier for me to swallow the prices in there. Because that's the thing with Apex. I can un- I can unlock a ton of stuff in-game without spending money. I choose to spend the money, so I don't get to complain about the price. That's how I see it. But we're, sure. we're kind of losing the forest for the trees, I guess. The, the thing is, I just don't... I look at this, and it makes me worried about the future of all these games. It makes me wonder, okay, can they really make money off just that three cents right like if, if you want to look if at enough it that people way, are doing it arguably i mean because you know it, it, it never really, really like, becomes oh, three on, cents <laughs> well what do you mean what do you oh, 14 maybe, maybe, maybe if you clarify better i'll change it yeah sure how how many people have to have to buy buy game pass to make how much do you think elder scrolls is going to cost a hundred million dollars because that's what skyrim costs they, they're oh, not it's going to cost way more than a hundred million yeah, I, well, I, I agree. I'm just using what. Yeah, Elder Scrolls Skyrim Six was. will probably cost two hundred, two to two hundred fifty. Yeah, they're not making 200, that. 250. You're not making that back that way. I don't know. I just don't see how you can put these things on this service and then you can't. You have to charge for something. You have to charge for stuff, and it makes me worried what 
what becomes of that that charge are we going to get to a point where it's okay um you know how like like with odyssey where you have the double xp boost is that going to be in skyrim maybe who knows like we you have to think about all this stuff right well and see that goes into the idea of do you remember when the great microtransaction problems of like the 2013 to 2017 like or was it 17 when battlefront 2 came out yeah, or like eighteen, that. one of those. Twenty eighteen, I think. Uh, and and that game just got lambasted for being pay to win and all these different. That issues, was actually right? pay to win, though. Yeah, that was genuine pay to win, and that's very true. Uh, but do you remember? You remember back in like twenty thirteen, and Mass Effect was kind of one of those. I think Mass Effect three was in on this conversation as well, but a lot of games were. Now, this idea of DLC that is. DLC are items that you have to pay for, but day one, they're already on the disc. That was the idea back then when digital gaming wasn't so prevalent. So now we're in this world where if you're doing Game Pass, this is a completely digital game. You're, you're, you're doing it that way. And I think you're going to get into a thing. I'll give you this, Chris. I could see this thing where Elder Scrolls comes out and then we kind of come back to this idea of horse armor for, from Oblivion. <laughs> that was a big, that was the big joke yeah. back in the day of like, you're charging me this much money for horse armor and that's your DLC. Um, I think it, I could see that. I could see it being an issue where uh, Elder Scrolls 6 comes out and then most of the coolest designs that they have for the game are strictly DLC. That's exactly what happens with Sea of Thieves. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of, of ones that are not, thankfully. But a lot of the really cool ones is like, oh, okay, they're not going to add anything more to the game. Every design they come out with past, post, uh, beginning of the game is going to be there. Reasonable enough. But I think at this point where people start looking at day one DLC, uh, or day one cosmetics, and then things like XP boost start to ask people or get people to ask the question of like, if it wasn't for Game Pass and them trying to monetize this to some degree, even if it's a more reasonable degree like Sea of Thieves, where the game is fully there, but then there's $10 armor sets and stuff you can buy or whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. But I could see that coming to where people start to ask the question of, if this was not on this service, would if there's an XP boost on there that you can buy, would that XP have been the normal XP game rate that they would have originally designed the game around? And then they chose to break that, like I feel like Odyssey did, and put it behind a paywall? because they wanted to push people into trying to buy it because it speeds the game up to the actual cadence that the game should be. That's one question, arguably, right? It depends on where you stand. Maybe you like the grind and you don't care. It depends on who you are as a player. But then also that idea of, is this DLC things they designed and realistically could have been in the game, but they chose to monetize them? That's the same question that people were going for all the time when they talked about DLC, meaning disc-locked content, as opposed to downloadable content. content. At some point, you know, that was early PS4 days. Um, but I don't know, man. I think the way the current gaming landscape is going, partially because of uh, Game Pass and subscription-based ideology around these things and free-to-play games and games as a service, I don't think that the idea of that, and since there's not a physical disc involved anyway, I don't think that conversation comes around the same way, whether that's for better or for worse, sadly. No. I am genuinely curious if there'd be enough uproar from anybody to really push Microsoft away from doing this with their games. I don't think enough people are going to care because they're going to feel no. like they're getting a good enough game for the same thing you said, right? Say they spend that fourteen ninety nine and they only pay Skyrim for one month. They only mm-hmm. paid $15 for Skyrim. I think people would be, a, or whatever, Elder Scrolls Six. people would be a lot more mad if they paid $60 and then day one, there's a lot of content. You know what I mean? I yeah, think well, that part of what makes Game Pass interesting is that price. Yeah, there's there's also 
it's it's it would be near impossible to blame it on Games Pass though, because you do have games like mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed Odyssey coming out that are that is doing literal dislock content for prices, and that's a full price game. Or you have games that come out that's made by Bethesda like Fallout seventy six that come out in day one. There's costumes in the shop that cost twenty dollars, and yeah. They go through the scandals that they did, like the whole bag thing. Do y'all remember that? <laughs> like where you're supposed to get a nice quality canvas bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Forget, like, don't forget, it's Bethesda. So it's going to be nearly impossible to blame this on Games Pass when this could all just be Bethesda being Bethesda. To a degree, and definitely when we hear the story of uh, of Microsoft allowing Bethesda to keep like a relative autonomy within their under their umbrella. To the point where they have their own publishing arm that's set up alongside Microsoft as opposed to the other way around. So, I mean, I don't know, Chris. I think right now I get your concern. And I think that Halo is probably the worst example of what people are talking about. And I would really, I would 100% agree with you if, if Halo was Game Pass and play the exact same way with the with progression system and everything, then I'd be super worried. The fact that it's free to play gives it a current, again, current exit strategy. It's like, ah, okay, maybe it's not Game Pass's fault. Um, I think I'd have to see a game hit this way and be under Game Pass, and maybe Redfall will be that game. Maybe it won't. Who knows? Well, to be yeah. fair, too, for like me... Oh, I'm sorry, Chris, go ahead. No, you're fine. Go ahead. Go for it. Oh, because... Um, Oh, go ahead. Bouncing <laughs> <laughs> around. All I was going to say was that I just think doing this to Halo, free to play or not, and not getting this stuff right indicates On where they're marquee title. At. It indicates, okay, we need to maximize profits out of our games. And that doesn't mean that any of these games are going to be bad. I'm sure Skyrim is going to be great. I'm sure Starfield is going to be great. Halo, for all I know, could be a game of the year candidate. That doesn't mean Skyrim. That. I know. <laughs> I heard you said it. Skyrim. Skyrim is great, so I'm right. Skyrim two. But, uh, Skyrim two, Redfall, whatever. Boom. You know, you know. They it, just completely just... dropped the Elder Scrolls. It's just every game now is Skyrim. <laughs> it's Elder Scrolls six, Skyrim two. But you know what? Yeah, here, here's how that would be okay. If that game launched, if Skyrim two launched, right? And it's the base map that Skyrim is, but then you could actually go to like. Cyrodiil. The other places. I mean, Cyrodiil borders right up against this. It thing. does. Breville is, if I, is it Breville? That's, or Bruma. Bruma's right up against the gates of Skyrim. I think you're right. Yeah. So, speaking of which, there's a version of, uh, it's pretty interesting. There's a version, I think it's Sky Oblivion. We're in Oblivion. They are actually making it to where all the gates actually have like people, like all the gates to the neighboring things that you can go to in the game. Yeah. You can like see people coming in and it it affects who comes in. Like you can see people coming in from their native lands into, and they change the environment to make it feel more like you're on the edge of that world. It's pretty cool. Seth has a mod on his computer where uh, you go like literally, like it's if you go back from like Kovach in Skyrim and you go, what's that like south? I guess it's southeast or western city in, in the most furthest down city. What is that in Skyrim? Do y'all remember? Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't even have like it's not a major city. It starts with an F, doesn't it? Fal- Falkreath. I think that might be right. Yeah, if that's what I'm thinking, it is. Like you can follow that main road that passes that city, and like you will literally like go to the. Um, you could go to Bruma in that mod and go into like Cyrodiil, and it looks fantastic. So. I thought that's pretty cool. So, is a community's take question this week? 
Assuming we're done with this one, right? Yeah, I think we're done. I mean, like I said, I think my real answer, long, like, you know, too long, didn't listen, is going to be I understand the concern. And I think this is the strongest example for the people who've been, because Chris, this is not like not saying anything to you, but this is something that people have been saying for a long time. Mm-hmm. I just think that, like you said, this is the first time where you've really seen it so egregious. Exactly. But it also has the fact that it doesn't quite count because it's free to play. So it, it leads you in this point of like, how indicative of is it of a problem? And it might be. And it's just this one has an out. So I think my too long didn't listen is I need more evidence. <laughs> that's, that's so rude. I don't like that. Too long didn't listen. Yeah. Well, too long didn't read exists. So, I mean, you know. Yeah, true. It's hard to do that I'm when just, you're an hour 27 in the podcast and you're trying to wrap up the conversation we just had. <laughs> Falkreath, we were right. It is Falkreath, yeah. Yeah. But so anyway, um yeah, my I TLDL I mean, I, would just be that like <laughs> I don't think any of these games are are gonna be bad. I don't think playing them is gonna be bad. But I think you're gonna see stuff like when Skyrim opens, it's marketplace first, you know, that kind of stuff. Skyrim, whatever. Elder Scrolls Ooh. six. Marketplace first, kind of trying to that's push a big you no-no. more towards that. And that's the things I'll, that I think you're gonna see. I don't necessarily think the halo progression is Skyrim is going to be like, you have to get your challenges done to get your next destruction magic level. You know what I mean? I, I was actually think, just about to say, are you, please, do you, no. don't think this, you don't think that the Elder Scrolls six is going to have a battle pass. That's, that's the no, it, actually, you know what? If it had <laughs> multiplayer, give me, okay, give me all right. Listen, Todd Howard, give me Elder Scrolls battle Royale. Here's the thing. You don't even need that. I'm going to tell you right now what they should have done this entire time. Going so far as back as Oblivion, all they needed to do was make the arena storyline. After you complete it, you can just play online with the arena and you and another player into like the a arena. System. Dude, that would have been amazing. Or I The arena fly, system in, in Oblivion is so good. I could fly into the map of Skyrim on a battle bus akin to a dragon. It'd be a battle like dragon. A, with 99 <laughs> other players and they could drop me down into the map of Skyrim and we could have Battle Royale. Dude, that would actually for, be a humongous battle royale map. That would, would be, be way too big. <laughs> it's like the most dangerous game ass game. Um. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's weird because with us being a PlayStation podcast, I know that there are some people that are very zealous about PlayStation and I don't blame them. I mean, I love PlayStation as well. But I'm going to I'm still going to go ahead and say that the community's take will be what do you think about Game Pass in terms of its potential impact on monetization and games getting pushed out further. Now, much like Chris said, we're not necessarily talking about whether the quality of the games themselves are going to change in a massive way, though I think there is an argument to be made that uh, Odyssey, for me, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, was a worse game because the quality went down because of how much I felt like I had to grind. But that is more of a personal opinion. I don't think that's a little harder to be objective about, you know? So I think more looking at this as... How much of an impact do you think that monetization is going to have on uh, Microsoft games under Game Pass moving forward? Um, and if that will impact quality, I guess, comes down to uh, personal opinion. So we'll ask that uh, for you guys and kind of see. Please try to actually be reasonable about it and don't just immediately go Xbox and Game Pass suck. I mean, if that's your opinion, you can have it. I just don't think it's going to add much value this to is the not conversation the place for it. had. <laughs> I am um, not putting I mean, that they, in our community's take doc next week, if that's what you write. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you have every right to have that opinion and it may even be valid as far as you see it. Uh, I just don't think it furthers the conversation. So yeah. we'll ask you guys to just be honest. Even if your answer is that you think Game Pass is bad for gaming because of these things, that's a yeah. fine answer. It just... 
explain why and i right. and i will be happy to kind of read it and talk about it because for that like we're having this conversation because i think all three of us want to play elder scrolls 6 right we're all looking i 100 percent want to play this right game. Yes. so we're all hoping it's going to be good there is no like oh i can't wait for bethesda and microsoft to screw up i'm like no please do it right because when game passes on ps5 i can't wait to play it but you know i no one here is looking for them to fail i think if anything yeah, we're more concerned like- about it yeah, <laughs> I think it's, it's kind of like when when Saul brought up Fallout 76. The aspect of that is that while I didn't think Fallout 4 was nearly as good as I know you did, Chris, I, I still it, think, yes. you know, I still want Fallout games to do good, like to be a good game and to do well. So I'll enjoy them. And Fallout 76 was not that at first. Nope. And whether or not it is for many people now is still up in the air because it still seems like there's not that many people playing it as opposed to Fallout 4. So I think when you look at it that way, we're not we're not hoping that this game fails. What we're hoping is that we don't see we don't see Skyrim uh not Skyrim. God Chris, you've you've polluted the whole conversation. <laughs> the Elder Scrolls six follow a similar path where it kind of falters when it should be a, a a big title. I think the the big saving grace to take away this is that in the recent interviews that Todd Howard did, where he pretty much confirmed about uh, Microsoft uh, making The Elder Scrolls Six an exclusive, is that they are very aware of the fact that they got lucky on top of the game being a great game and the fact that Skyrim is like a 10-year game. A decade down the road, you can release Skyrim again and people still want to play it because it's a great game. Uh, and I think that they are aware that if they want The Elder Scrolls series to keep its name and keep its uh, fanfare, that they, he actually said, we have to think about this as how do we follow up a 10 year game with a new 10 year game? Like we've got to make a game that will last a decade yeah. in, in reverence. So to that end, I think that Bethesda are aware of the challenge at hand. Uh, Starfield will probably give us a better idea of mm-hmm. that's going to be where we really see it first. So uh, we'll definitely see how this ends up impacting things. But until next week, I think that that will be all. Is that correct, guys? That is correct. You correct can find us it. on Twitter at Triangle SQRD. You can find us on Facebook at Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. It's a group you can ask to join. You can also find us across almost all podcast services. If you find one and uh, we're not on it, let us know. We'll try to get on it. And most importantly, uh, you, oh, also YouTube. But most importantly, you can hit us up on patreon.com slash nartech and that's where if you choose to support us you can just for as low as a dollar a month it helps us out um, but also don't forget to join in with the memes and the fun conversations in our discord which is always linked in the description below uh, a cool perk that you get for being a patreon is at the end of every episode you get your name read off just like right about now so Ooh. I'm going to close it off with thanking you guys both Chris Chris and Brett for being here for episode 239 and uh, we'll see you back for 240 all right, guys. Big Bye. shout out to Ham and Egger, Bailey Robertson, Rob Warpoint, Josh Drago, Mark Schutz, Cypher Primus, Kyle Grimm, Richard Schaefer, Rude Days 93, Joshua Lago, Landis, Zachary Sawyer, Kevin Bacon Bits, Luke Rabbit, Danny Villiobos, Solitary Red, Jehudi MD, Sean, Derek Porter, Corey Hickerson, Constantly Kenny, Matthew Green, Sean Santarude, The Stonerd, Stephen Salazar, Shadowist, and my name is Dan. Thank you all. Thank you all.